Hello, friends. Welcome to the dimension of our midnight cake. I'm Soltis. Joining me in the nexus of realities are my fellow transdimensional beings, Beaches, Lumberdor, and Doug. This week, my friends and I are braving the nexus to discuss a, an unconventional film, to say the least, Psycho Gorman. This film has kind of a strange and interesting history. It's a Canadian science fantasy horror comedy written and directed by Stephen Kostansky. And it was originally scheduled to premiere at the South by Southwest Film Festival in March of 2020, but that was canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. It is such a weird movie, but let's just get right into it. I, I couldn't take it as a serious R-rated movie. <laughs> Not at all. It has that feeling of like, I, I keep comparing it to trauma, but it's not as lowbrow or shoddy as those trauma movies, but something like Toxic Avenger, where it has things that are totally inappropriate for kids, but it almost feels like it was made for kids or like marketed for kids, even though there's yeah. stuff in it, no child and probably no adult should even see, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> It had that vibe to me. It's like if you could take power. I know, she, like, like this is some material that an adult probably shouldn't put in their brain <laughs> yeah for real it's like if you could take power rangers and toxic avenger and make the humor just a little smarter and snarkier i feel like i feel like that's where we are with psycho gorman the psycho gorman himself uh when you when you get a good look at him he i can't help but and i could be off this is just from memory uh he reminds me of the uh the jeepers creepers villain a ah, little bit He's got like weird spiky things and yeah. stuff sticking off him. Yeah. He's vaguely human, but enough creature to make you wonder whether he's more, you know, animal or. I love his voice. You know, you have a separate person in the costume and a separate person doing the voice, but I love his voice. It's like the ghost of I Christmas Past th from he the He did future. the voice on set and then they affected it, you know. I could be wrong. I oh, here's the like, door. <laughs> oh, here he is. Hey! We're, we're talking about Psycho Gorman's voice. Nice. I say it's like Optimus Prime crossed with like the ghost of Christmas past from the future from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And then like made a little <laughs> evil. That's what it makes me think of. <laughs> Thousands of yeah. years ago. Before the... You know, because he's always like back on Gygax as I was mining and I started killing countless people and i will bathe like, in your blood yeah it's like all that kind of thing you know it's like totally deadpan serious <laughs> and luke and mimi are always just like rolling their eyes like bored <laughs> they're ready for the next thing what one one thing i definitely wanted to discuss because i've i've read some reviews for this and okay i i just the the reviews seem to be either decidedly one way or decidedly the other way like people either really really like this movie or they really do not i don't understand how you get into this movie not knowing what you're here for <laughs> and then reviewing well, it poorly because 
I, I think these people made exactly what they set out to. Oh, yeah, totally. For sure. And in that way, I, I don't know how you can review it negatively. I mean, when someone has a vision and, and they, they nail it, it yeah. where's the error? Because people don't like fun. I don't know. <laughs> they, the error is the person watching it that doesn't understand what they're watching is the problem. You are in error. Well, what I read this, this was, was the first time error. I watched it, and uh-huh. I, I did not understand what I was watching as I was going through it. But you have a sense of humor. I do. At least I think I do. I try to. <laughs> you definitely do. But as I as the movie continued, and I was like, oh, okay, I understand more. You know what they're going for and what they're trying to accomplish with weird situations and really creative costumes and stuff that they had. Like oh, the, yeah. I love I love the, I love the effects in this. Yes. I love yeah. how you think you you think you know what you're getting into. I don't know, maybe possibly 20 minutes into the movie until you see this giant uh, Rita Repulsa castle and there's this uh, <laughs> council of aliens. Yeah. Oh yeah, the castle. And the design is just of like people. where the hell did this come from? <laughs> I shouldn't say people. The design of all those creatures is mm. so cool. I love the one that was like the brain. Like it, it looks like something from from VR Troopers or Power yeah. Rangers or yeah. Beetleborgs or any of the other Saban. <laughs> it has it has that feel to it. It does. But yeah, like and they they were all very distinct characters with very mm-hmm. distinct personalities and. I, I would have enjoyed learning more about this council of aliens and oh yeah and, <laughs> and they, i love and that he covered that one that great. one guy covered the other one's eyes like yeah oh that was one of my favorite parts yeah. <laughs> that was great and, and you was see it his the, jaw the brain in the tube and he clearly his hands aren't doing anything yeah. so the other guy <laughs> it covers his eyes it's so good <laughs> it's the little things and then you have when PG's, uh, what was it, the Paladins of Obsidian show mm-hmm. up for the fight in the forest. Like, oh, yeah. Like this one creature that's like, a, it's like a walking container of like bodies. And yes. it like yeah. blood out. And like a RoboCop suit or something. <laughs> it's like a mix. trash well, vector. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like a vat of, yeah. and with a, uh, with a garbage disposal. <laughs> And it just shoots blood out. Yeah. (laughs) Just walking garbage disposal of bodies. And they're just like, how long is this going to go on? (laughs) This is getting boring. (laughs) I love that the kids were eating like uh, Nutri-Green fruit bars while they're having this epic fight scene. They're just so unimpressed. And she makes PG apologize. Apologize. That's a turning point for PG, I think. And then she saves his life. Yep. And her, the, and her uh, dad runs over the head of the poor witch person. Oh, yes. <laughs> I live to fight another day. Smash. <laughs> it's it's kind of in a class of its own. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's kind of like he made what he intended to make. And it's just really I, I, I think that. And just your personal taste either mesh with it or it, don't, or it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. For sure. That's a good way to put it. To me, it feels like people who criticize comedies on the standards of... Uh, more dramatic uh character driven things or you know oh just like he, like robin williams stand up as compared to othello 
Oh yeah. Or something like that. It's like, <laughs> they, 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 they're very different things. <laughs> what does this say about the human condition? I wonder if Disney ever watched his stand. <laughs> I'm no, like, I can't Google believe existed, that they did right? not know what they were getting into when they hired Robin Williams. <laughs> well, it's before a kid could jump on YouTube and just type in Robin Williams. Oh, he was the genie. And then he finds he like Robin Williams until they in uh, got to the editing room and they had to leave out like three fourths of the movie where he cussed. Oh my gosh! His yeah, bit on I, golf I, I, is so. I, I think I may so have brought like... that up before, but but they could they could have a, a complete release of the movie just from all of his ad libs and lines and stuff. That was yeah. either it was from G to NC seventeen, based on <laughs> all of his <laughs> stuff. Forget the Thinking, Snyder cut. I want Disney the NC seventeen cut of Aladdin. <laughs> release the Williams cut. Uh. <laughs> Not suitable for anyone. It's like you, we had to put a warning on the Muppets. Like, this Holy is crap. going into the vault. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this movie. I picked it up on a whim from a recommendation recommendation from you, um, Doug. Yeah, and it yeah. came with this little uh, this little booklet that is um, basically all their products on their website. Oh, but amazing. it's laid out like the old. Um, catalogs from like starting lineup figures and like star wars and yeah um, oh that's cool all the like 90s cool. action figure stuff they know who their like, audience is <laughs> oh yeah they totally <laughs> know who their audience is i mean it has like uh they made this movie and, for and me personally i think there's a door um there's a toothbrush i there's want like that. multicolored toothbrushes there's a door hanger that's uh only hunky boys allowed <laughs> <laughs> And there's also there's also a punching bag that is um Greg the dad as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah. He's so good. Adam Brooks as <laughs> as the dad, Greg. He's so good. Oh my gosh. There's just, there's so much. Look at For me, the end, Mimi so goes on this rant. She's like, no one tells me what to do. Not you, not you, not him. And he's like, Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Would you would you give us some context as to as to Psycho Gorman? Sure. So you know, in the opening, I think the way the movie opens is is a great place, right? So oh, you yeah. have you know Mimi and her brother Luke, and they're playing this completely insane nonsense game called Crazy Ball that they just kind of made up, and it's totally insane. It, the rules make no sense. But yeah, it's instantly... the, exactly the kind of game that uh, kids would have made up as they were going along. Totally. Oh, yeah. Totally. And mm -hmm. added rules to benefit whatever situation they were in. Whatever situation, whoever, <laughs> yeah. And you instantly get the sense of how Mimi, like, totally just owns her brother. Like, she picks on him. She bullies mm -hmm. him. Yet they also have, like, this kind of bond, like, this love for each other, too. You can kind of see. Yeah. There's, like, animosity, but there's... He There's knows that, that she's of, crazy, but he's still going to look out for her. But he still looks the, out for her and loves her. Yeah. And essentially... You're, you're right the about game. the hierarchy, though. Like, like the uh, crazy ball champion gets all the treasure, and he's like, oh, of course, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. <laughs> and, and the punishment is to... Is him losing. He has to dig a giant hole in the backyard. And, and from when they dig this hole, they uncover this artifact that releases this evil ancient being... Yes. Um, who later becomes his name Destroyer of Worlds. The Archduke, the Archduke of Nightmares. Of nightmares. Yeah. And they go, that sucks. That's a terrible name. 
Uh, but also with him, of course, there's conveniently a gem, which of course yeah. Mimi claims for herself. And the, the, gem is a way, <laughs> the gem is a way to control Psycho Gorman, to have complete control over him. But the other cool thing about the opening with digging the hole is we get we start to get the parents, you know, the parents call them into the house to eat. Uh-huh. Uh, the next day when they're talking about filling in the hole, like the dad's tasked with doing it, you instantly see how the dad's a slacker. You instantly see their family dynamic of how they're snarky with each other. I, oh, I did like totally when sucks. when they were around the hole and then just kind of yeah. admiring it. He's like, like I'm well, impressed, I want to say, yeah, good job, son. That's a nice hole. Yes. Also, this is completely unacceptable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I just, like when they're they're knocking and the movie is pretending that they've created this language, but they're uh-huh. they're totally they're just knocking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's not exactly <laughs> Morse code, you're, no. You're 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 just seeing the the uh the subtitles. <laughs> the brother and sister. And what is it? Yeah. He says, I think we woke up grandma, and she says, I told you grandma's in hell forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like but all of that where the mother interrupts the them tone. and tells them to go to sleep in their secret. Go to sleep. Language. She knocks out. Yeah. Like the yeah. parents are <laughs> the parents are in on like their kind of like psychotic, crazy, manic uh-huh. mindset. Definitely. Um, but they see these claw marks in the hole the next day, and they're like, something crawled out of this hole. And they track it to an abandoned shoe factory. And that's where we're introduced to Psycho Gorman, you know? So you have the context of this family that they really seem to like each other. They're all like sarcastic with each other. You have that Mimi runs the show and doesn't take crap from anybody. Luke just kind of puts up with it, but he's a good dude. Like you have sort of the rules, the context set up through all that, like the tone. Um, And then it goes into crazed splattery goodness as Psycho Gorman dispatches those guys almost instantly the first kill of the movie he rips off two guys heads at the same time like mortal Kombat style <laughs> you know better than mortal this, Kombat. Style. this is very mortal Kombat gore it yeah. is like ridiculous that, uh, that the latest mortal Kombat would have benefited from you know so then you like expect you know cheesy saturday night monster flick Gore, oh though. it's totally silly yeah it's not realistic at all it's meant no, to it's be way it's a strange mix of saturday night but also saturday morning yes <laughs> yes it, yes, it totally it is. is you know so then when the kids find psycho gorman they discover the gym controls him you know so there's that moment of tension of like he killed all these guys but they have this gym that controls him and you get the Contrast is played throughout the whole movie of like Psycho Corman is totally deadpan, the straight guy, the destroyer of everything, totally evil. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you have Mimi and Luke just just totally waiting for his opportunity to totally to unleash all the nightmares upon these children. That's the source of the humor for the whole rest of the movie. Like they kind of go back to that same well, but I think it's hilarious. Uh, So it works for me. So that's the context of Gorman. (laughs) <laughs> and plus with Mimi being in her own little crazy world all the time. I mean, she realizes what's going on, but she's also so involved in her own world that she's not really reacting to the situation the same as everybody else around her, which is just No, crazy. no, no. She's she's a straight up sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> like she she has no empathy for anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and what is going totally. on? Totally. <laughs> she doesn't sense that there's any danger to herself or to anyone else. Yep. It's just like, how can I control it and exploit it for my enjoyment, <laughs> basically. Especially when it comes to her brother. <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor Luke. 
the poor guy. Check the tapes. Luke sucks. <laughs> Dismissed. <laughs> so you have the hilarity of of the straight men and the kids. And then we're introduced to what we talked about earlier, like that there's this bigger universe that's aware of him being awakened at like the Gygax Council or whatever they're called, all the cool creatures. Oh, you, yeah, get this, the... you get the other plot of, will this thing from the Knights Templar is going to come and kill him? Pandora. So yeah, Pandora, that's it. So you have that, that's the other story. It's like the kids exploiting him. I love the scene when they're going through Main Street, like having him try on all the different clothes. Oh yeah, the dress up, the little 80s, 90s montage of <laughs> yes, what's it's happening. so good. And, and that kid like makes fun of him and he explodes this child in the streets. <laughs> Holy and people crap. just keep walking and just keep going <laughs> and the mom is strangely accept- and the dad are both strangely accepting like she's watching Mimi and PG play in the yard and she's kind of uh, quietly chuck- chuckling to herself as she's doing the dishes it's like oh she made a friend <laughs> <laughs> he becomes a part maybe of he'll family. be a good influence for my daughter <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else is working, so maybe we'll try this psychotic evil monster from space. And I guess the tension you have with like the Templars and Gorman is like the Templars enslave these civilizations and Gorman uncovering the thing that's the source of his power allowed him to rebel and like free some people. So it's like he's totally evil, but he has sort of like this principled... yeah. Uh, hatred of the Templars as well. So that's another thing kind of playing out through this. It's like the family dynamic, the straight man Gorman with the kids, and then like the Templar Gorman thing. And then they just kind of let crazy stuff happen (laughs) for an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of crazy stuff does happen. Like uh, Mimi and Luke's friend, Alistair. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> she won't play basketball with him and uh or he won't play basketball with her and so he gets turned into this uh giant uh brain yeah brain yeah it's a tentacles. total 1950s looking monster like a brain with uh-huh. eyeballs yeah Just sliding <laughs> and around, it stays that way the trail. rest of the movie family yeah. dinner is there i love that he his- uh he brings up that like it if he's ever going to get changed back. And she's like, probably not, but I still love you, Alistair. <laughs> Gives him a little him smooch. On the forehead. Yeah. On his brain. <laughs> like even when they play in like their band, the scene when they're like a band, I think he's like the, brain Oh, I love that. In the band. I love that. Yeah. And he was playing uh, keyboards. I think. Yeah. Yep. Gorman on drums. Perfect. <laughs> they're singing. I'm, I'm the heckin best, which is just another. The heck uh, Mimi best, moment yes. for her to shine. <laughs> You know, in some of those moments, it, you kind of see, like, in a way, PG's kind of, he seems to be kind of acclimating or warming up to some of yeah. the things. Even though he's mostly irritated by them, he's, like, begrudgingly becoming more interested in what they're doing and what they represent, you know? Because he literally has no choice. <laughs> he has no choice. He's stuck so long. He just kind of slowly acclimates to them, I guess, because he's forced to, yeah. This is such a weird movie. <laughs> so weird. I I enjoyed it for what it was. I don't know if I could if, if I could honestly recommend it to other people, but 
at, at the same scary. time, I, I totally can, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's just really, I, I think if you know who you're recommending it to, yeah, right. I, I think so. True friends. Yeah. You would recommend it to a certain kind of person who's a certain kind of crazy for sure. You, you recommend it to the wrong person. And so. I think I, I'll use a similar benchmark for Harold and Maud. I, oh yeah. I, don't know if I would say you've so. seen that, but I would show that to, to anybody that I was dating that I was thinking about getting serious with and their response to Harold and Maude would tell me a lot about them. What a test. What a test I'm stealing Well, it takes that. a certain type of humor to enjoy this kind of movie and enjoy mm -hmm. Harold and Maude. They're different movies, but they're equally as weird and disturbing. See, my <laughs> test would be to show someone any movie and if they made a single sound or disturbed me while I was watching it, then we weren't going to be compatible. <laughs> You're like, this is a brief intermission. You can leave the doors over there. <laughs> it's just the opening credits. <laughs> Someone walks in and they're like, who's that guy? Like, just watch the movie. Why'd he do that? Just watch it. You know as much as I do. We've been watching this <laughs> together. It would definitely be difficult to tell someone what this movie is. <laughs> it really is. And I think all you can say is the charm look up the too. trailer and. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of encapsulated the pop plot there and even that still doesn't really <laughs> capture what the hell is going on in this thing. You know, it's a oh man, the, the fight in the forest, one of my favorite like little one-liner things was, so the night, the paladins of obsidian show up and Psycho Gorman. Thinks, and they used to be Psycho Gorman's main henchmen. Yeah, and he called to them yeah. through the TV, right? He was given a TV to watch, and he calls to them to come. The bloody he's like, ah, oh, they're here to help me. Yeah. And they turn on him. And he's like, I didn't expect this from you, except for you, Cassius 3000. <laughs> I, like, I, I never that. trusted you. <laughs> <laughs> I never trusted you. <laughs> it will play anything for a gag, you know? Oh, so, uh, th just those creatures and the creatures at the... I don't know what else to call it, but like the council table, uh -huh. none yeah. of them feels like a throwaway thing. Like somebody lovingly designed this thing. Oh yeah, each and every one. Yeah, and and it shows. I think maybe that's what's so charming about it is like I, those details and that effort. I think it is for me. It's like it's it's full of all these like practical effects and just it looks like extremely low budget, but you can tell that they spent the money on the right things to get the right jokes mm -hmm. across. Mm -hmm. It's intentional though. It's like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. army of darkness. It's that kind of goofy comedy oh, horror thing. That is that's just a good comparison. It's <laughs> I said, you know, it. I said, the you know words. what you're getting in for, but you kind of don't. <laughs> this is one my of the reviews <laughs> I read today. You know, they, they had so many good things to say and they were like, you know, and that would all be great if they had just put a little bit more thought into the script, if they had just shined up that script. And I'm like, what, what more do you want from this story? Oh, I thought the script was great. Cause I mean, it all, <sighs> it tied together well. And um, I, I mean, it was all intentional. Cause like the fight scenes, they'd had these big fight scenes, like, or the big crazy ball thing at the beginning. And it's like this huge epic thing going on with this intense like uh, fight music or Power Ranger type music going on. And then it intentionally like cuts away from the music to hear the kids goofing off in the in the yard, just being two br a brother and sister making up this stupid game or like 
the fight scene of them just uh, kicking PG's butt because Mimi told them to because he turned on her. And yeah. it's, it, I mean, there, it is chaotic, but it, it's all purposeful, I think, anyway. I like the monster, too, that was throwing the tombstones at PG. And oh, then he, yeah. like, he reaches in and grabs the rose and pulls out her heart, basically. That's so good. The way he turns on each of them and destroys them is quite oh, yeah. good. And they load him up in the back of the pickup truck, right? Yeah. They call the, oh, my God. I think where, they call, where he calls the dad. They call the, the dad. <laughs> He's sitting on the toilet <laughs> telling Susan what he was going to say. But I don't know where that is. Said. <laughs> and he like they comes back to him three it. times to give him yeah. the address. <laughs> How do I get there? <laughs> you know, and then he shows up and they put him in the back of the truck. And this, this is the tone of this movie. They put him in the truck and then she's like, oh, could you scoot over so we can fit my wagon? And it's just a wagon with three dodgeballs in it. And the wagon's <laughs> and like rolling around when they drive off and he's back there bleeding to death. <laughs> <laughs> like that encapsulates what this movie's about, I think. Oh, yeah. Do you remember when he tries to um, get to the brother through his dream? Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. And it starts out as the nightmare with the zombies coming up out of the ground and it's really scary. And then PG turns up and he tries to turn him against his sister and he he uh, he refuses, you know, he, he's not going to do it. And he says, you're stronger than I thought. So the boy goes, so so what happens now? And he says, we have to wait for this dream of yours to conclude. <laughs> and they're just standing there like awkwardly <laughs> together. All the zombies okay. are crawling around. And <laughs> Uh. <laughs> that's definitely the tone of the movie though it's like yeah those tropes and just playing with it and it's just awesome i was gonna mention that i really like the scene with um they're gonna play a game of crazy ball with pg and alistair the brain kid now and uh she's explaining the rules her and luke and like pg is not getting any of it like she's giving all these explanations and um, all the little subtleties of the game and then the police show up and they like instantly panic. The one guy is like a rookie and uh, the older cop is telling him to remember his training. He's like, screw that. And he starts shooting. <laughs> oh, and I was like, there's and no time. PG, <laughs> there's no time. And PG turns him into like this zombie cop. Um, and then the other guy tries to run away and he, he's wanting the keys. And then you get this, this great scene where the, the zombie cop is basically just communicating in, in weird noises that he's got the keys and he can't get into them basically or something like that. So he's like right. walked out of the police car and he just runs away. <laughs> but then the, the cop um, follows them and joins their little party of crazy ball. And then he's just, he's trying to kill himself, but he's also trying to like kill uh, PG at the same time. He just keeps shooting it off his gun in random directions that at directions as he's making all these zombie noises. <laughs> Did you have reservations about the the Templar, who I, I guess was supposed to be the uh, the the good guy of the movie? <laughs> oh, when uh, when she transported a random uh, human and turned the human <laughs> into their right. council and, and turned her into, into a, a meat cube. cube? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> but that that leads to the great scene with the the brain dude getting his eyes covered by the, the little <laughs> peon sucking up to the Templar. <laughs> I guess you, you think of the, the Templar as being some kind of benevolent force for good, trying to eradicate the universe of this evil entity, when in fact they are 
enslavers of worlds and just just this mighty conquering empire going around (laughs) and psycho gorman is the resistance to that (laughs) they don't exactly create a hero they create someone just as bad as they are or worse Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes yeah it kind of flips it it like flips them a bit but it's also like he's still just totally evil you know at the end of the movie there's no redemptive arc for him He's just like, you know what, family, I'll spare you. And then he goes off and instantly just starts killing everybody. He questions the love for hunky boys, and then he goes on to killing more people of the world. Just destroys civilization without remorse, yeah. It's like, no one learned anything in this movie, but here we are. I think maybe Um, the dad learned to not uh, backtalk Susan anymore. Maybe. (laughs) And, And you get those moments where you think that, okay, maybe something has changed. But no, nothing's changed. After Susan transforms into the, the the Templar sidekick, I guess, and then and then she gets transformed back, and the dad rushes over and is being very tender and loving and and sweet. And it's like, I, you really need to take me to the hospital. <laughs> yes, it's still all about him being selfish and weak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's one great '90s reference left after the entire movie's over that I can think of. And it's the uh, the rap song that explains the plot of the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. You also get the scene with uh, Alistair with his parents just eating dinner. <laughs> yeah. He's just like flopping his big tentacles oh, on man, the table. Oh, man, that's a good one. Yeah, and they're just, <laughs> it's it's a normal day. <laughs> the, the actress that, I think the actress that's his mother is also, who's actually in the Templar makeup as Pandora. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I bet that this movie was so much fun to make. Oh, I bet so too. Yeah. I mean, one, one ex- of those except for the guy in the Psycho Gorman costume. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh, he man. had fun. No, he didn't have fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I can't know. imagine that, that they paid that him anything like suit. what this was worth. Yeah. <laughs> had to be hot. And all He's that. Like, how much am I getting paid for this? Am I part of the union now? Do I have health insurance? What the frick? <laughs> <laughs> and that, that they get like this, the sweet moment at the end to, where she finally like admits that you know she loves her brother and she does a little secret knocking language on the the beam of the factory or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the closest thing you're going to get to a touching moment in this movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's there's a there's some kind of reconciliation with that, but they do a really they have good job some of kind of weird understanding. Together. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does it does come full circle for sure. Yes, I mean you do get uh, PG's forced but genuine apology. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know what the budget was for this movie? Oh, I don't know. I know it was made in Canada. No idea. Yeah, it was eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars Canadian dollars. <laughs> ah. Um, which is wow. about six hundred and seventy thousand U.S. dollars. There was some some problem with the release during COVID. And I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, the the domestic box office was ninety five thousand one hundred dollars, and the international box office was two hundred and two dollars. So total, oh. the movie made ninety five thousand three hundred and two dollars, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a terrible shame. I agree because I feel like it's one that will hopefully a hope for them anyway, make its money back over time, especially with all the COVID stuff. 
that it's just I think it's going to become like one of those instant cult classics because of I think how so too. Strange, strange it is. I would definitely watch the sequel to Psycho Gorman. I would too. Oh yeah, I I would yes. like to give maybe Mimi going to her senior prom and Psycho Gorman has to be there. He has to be her escort to the prom. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Assuming there's anybody left in the world. Yeah, of course, he's destroying the world at the end of the movie, so I guess that's not very possible. Psycho Gorman failed at the box office, but I will give it a warrior's death by consuming it once every so often. The warrior's yes. death. That, when that, that happens, was a great running gag. <laughs> it was especially like you get the subtleties of that when they're in the diner and he's like shoving all the fries and stuff in his face and then you get to the fight scene with his his cronies from the army and he and the warrior says dead. that he's line like, no. to the guy and he's like no, don't do it and his jaw like unhinges and it's oh like gosh. four feet wide and he's like this is crazy and luke are just like horrified it's amazing <laughs> he's like that's gonna be with you forever yeah, and they're the ones that turning turning their parents away, you know, when he's yes. about to consume the Templar. <laughs> it's just, yeah, yes, they're like, you don't want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't believe we almost didn't talk about that. And there oh, are probably right. a ton of other things. I you mean, know, and it's just it's you could talk about thing. every moment he's, of this movie. He, you really he plays could. it totally straight. You know, it's like it's a Gorman. He's like all in. This is just it. It's the right thing to do. I love the way he's just so fully dedicated like, to each you thing. Have, you have earned this death. You've earned it. You've earned this glory. No, no, no. Glory. <laughs> <laughs> Something no one wants. Yeah. Nobody wants the warrior's death in this and movie. It's just ridiculous. Nobody wants the warrior's death. There's our first T-shirt right there. <laughs> Nobody wants the warrior's death. Print it. Another another T-shirt idea is I have a BA in English. What have you done with your life? <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> That's me. There's I'm so like, many... I have an art degree. What have you done? I'm educated. There are so many like quotable lines in this movie too. I know what the arts and crafts movement was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know who Ambrose Pierce is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh we're laughing at the sadness of our lives right now thank you psycho gorman <laughs> of introspection <laughs> it's the, uh, the hunky boys quote uh that you had mentioned earlier doug with the uh i can't remember it exactly you had said well, it but uh, they like show up to educate him about human society yeah. and she throws down these magazines she goes and besides it has lots of hunky boys in it and he goes, I do not like hunky boys. And he opens it and looks and sees a shirtless guy. And he goes, or do I? <laughs> it's so good. But then they bring that back at the end, like when all the chaos has happened and everything's resolved. <laughs> and he's, uh, he's, I can't remember what the line was, but he comes back to the hunky boys and it's like, I'm going to do what I want to. And I can like hunky boys if I want to or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the English line. Would shop the at scene. It was in the bathroom. Where um, I is it Psycho Gorman that's calling for help from the dead? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, and he does. Projecting, yes. <laughs> and then he has to keep coming back to give him better direction. <laughs> but he doesn't just calmly show up and request it in some 
help me Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of style. It's like, ah! No, that really reminded me of of energy. (laughs) The Aqua Teen Hunger Force, that that particular scene, like, reminded me of the ghost of uh, Christmas past, or whatever the chicken is. It fits. It and fits again, that, even though sure. it's a joke, he's doing a dead serious. <laughs> and they yeah. keep playing it over yeah. and over. He's like, oh, well, I don't I don't really know where that is. And she's like, ah, take I-65. <laughs> you know? And by this time, the dad has flung himself off the toilet into the bathtub into this like, like laying there. fetal position. <laughs> totally emasculated. <laughs> Cannot criticize the reality of, of this movie in any capacity (laughs) well that's not really how it would happen or because it's created its own reality it's created its own believable reality i think yes Um, it follows it follows the rules that it establishes for itself it's it's a wonderful example of world building and like what within 90 minutes oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well even before that i mean this is the first half hour there's just so much Mm. that goes on even in between all the jokes it's just it's just set up so well. Yeah, the the tone is totally consistent throughout, and then you get the crazy creatures. It's totally consistent throughout. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anybody listening wants to check out something totally bizarre, but made with love. Bizarre but satisfying. Yes. yes. <laughs> then Psycho Gorman is definitely worth a look. What a lovely way to put it. It's bizarre yeah. and weird, but it's made with love. That's great. Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our Midnight Cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug, thank you, and good night. <laughs>